answer that question by asking you two questions. One, is this or is this not? Chasing history. Jake Larson. I needed to find this Shaka Khan song. I couldn't think of the name of it, and so I had to stop in the middle of the sidewalk. And two-time Nebraska walk-on trial participant Colton Stone. <laughs> I'm putting a 12-6 that only has a 12 right at the batter's head. <laughs> yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Good morning, beautiful people. It's 10 a.m. on a Friday. You know what that means. It's Chasing History time. Chasing History on 90.3 KRNU Lincoln. I'm Colton Stone alongside Jake Larson. Jake, we weren't canceled. We're back. Come on, stop. How y'all doing? <laughs> it, it feel, I need some work on my Espanol. Oh, yeah, I got sick. You had something come up yeah, twice. I, yeah, you, yeah, I had a commercial. That was fun to do. And then, then I had a funeral for my dearest grandmother who... Maybe is listening. I don't know. She wasn't a huge sports fan. <laughs> well, maybe she will be now. While we chase hope, some more I hope, history. I hope, I hope she doesn't, honestly. Jake, there's <laughs> history being made. Well, I don't want to say history being made. I guess there they've only won two games. Well, yeah, that's true, right? I've got my Tron Petaway jersey on under this. <laughs> Seriously? I'm geared up. Yeah. Oh, 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 wow. I was not expecting that. I'm going to put it this way. So I, I wore it when they... Played Rutgers. Okay. They beat Rutgers. Yeah. And then I wore this hoodie both days. They won yesterday. So I figured if I have to wear this for five days in a row, I guess that's what I'm going to do. I mean, I don't know what else you're going to do. Have more than eight Sleep, players on your I team. Sleep, I guess. I don't know. Have eight, more than eight players on your team. Hey, well, hey I don't know. Tro- Johnny Trueblood. They've is got like, eight guys, but they're Johnny not going to play. Johnny Trueblood is like worth five players on his, on his own. They could start just him. I think it would work. The best part is that they have eight guys, and they're choosing to use a seven-man rotation. <laughs> they're just like, well, if someone goes down, I guess we've got one more. But Yeah, I forget. Who's the guy that they're not? Justin Costello. Sorry, Justin. I mean, I, I mean, he hasn't, like, played all year, so it's kind of – well, I, I guess Johnny Trueblood didn't either, but – Yeah, but, you know, what are you going to do? I was thinking about this, this yesterday, okay, of all the games I thought, like, what games are Johnny Trueblood going to have significant minutes in, right? Both games of the Big Ten tournament? Well, no. That's and not, Iowa. It was going to be Southwest Minnesota State in the yeah. middle of the year yeah, and Senior Day. Those were the only two days that I could think of because I, it, the way it was going, too, was like, well, that Iowa game probably wasn't going to be great anyways. But mm-hmm. I, I thought, like, he'll get good minutes on Senior Day and then he'll get good minutes against the South. That was it. I mean, and and now I mean he's played seventy seven minutes. Yeah, seventy seven minutes in the past three games, plus forty eight. His plus minus is plus forty eight and eight points. So, wow, four steals. I don't remember if that was just it's too yesterday, bad that we're but. such big stats guys that we believe that plus minus doesn't really affect anything. <laughs> It doesn't, but when a guy that has like but doesn't but it gets play, to a point where it's just kind of like that's remarkable. Like, how did that happen? It's one thing if a guy plays all forty minutes and your team wins by four, and it's like, oh well, it's plus minus, you know, it's plus you're four. Just like, but you know, well, yeah, that's right. Uh, but when it's a guy like Johnny Trueblood that hasn't played all season and is <laughs> plus minus in three games is plus forty eight. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's at least notable. I think, mm-hmm. but. Like, if anything, that's just a wild coincidence. <laughs> now everyone play plays well when he's on the floor. Like, yeah, well. Because he's playing well. He just plays with heart. Oh, he plays better off the bench. I think that's what we found out in the past mm-hmm. three games. He, he's the Lou Williams of Nebraska. <laughs> the Manny Ginobili. Yeah, keep playing. Uh, David Robinson, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> no, David Robinson was the start most. I'm talking about good six men. Bra- Kobe Bryant in 97. <laughs> that's, I guess that's what I would consider Johnny Trueblood. Uh, Remember when Harden was a six man? When he shouldn't have been, yeah. he was. That was that was a crazy time. Well, there's a reason he left. Yeah, because he was a six man. Exactly. He was a, a all star, <clears throat> a star a star player on on the bench basically. But you know. oh yeah, it was weird. That was. I don't make that, the rules. That time period was. He was one of the best six men of all time. Jake, I think there's something coming up in March, pretty soon. Uh, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, spring training, still oh, yeah. going on, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, I I'm ready to ramble about baseball, but first, first let's get the basketball out of the way. 
<laughs> just yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, we've never a, mind. No, we've had some. I've been watching quite a bit finally. Um, and you didn't go to New York this year. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um. I really, honestly, I mean, it's New York, so it's kind of hard to say no. But I, did I, Keith I, go? I understand. Was Keith listening? Uh, I don't think. Yeah, he's listening. I'm pretty sure. I don't think anyone in my family. Because last year I just went with my brother. Oh, that's right. Um, okay. Because yeah. he invited me, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you should go to the big. Because that was Big Ten tournament was the week before in New York last year. And yeah. So I'm like, we should. We should Which go, was. We should go to that instead. Not a great idea. I'm but, glad they changed that, but. No. Well, Creighton lost in the first round last year anyway. And, it was just and they like, lost in the first round just, this year, too. It was, it was, which was, you know. What do you, I mean, what did you expect? Yeah. You know? Um, But what I was going to say was, it was just like, it was just so cool on its own to go to, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden and all that other stuff, but. And be the only, and, and see more Raiders fans than Giants fans. That's true. I did. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, you, you know, I forgot about them, that. Yeah. I forgot about that, but no, yeah, they were, I saw more, I think, no, actually I saw, you know, no, I, I think Raiders was the most popular team. Um, Giants were followed up close, but I saw like no Jet stuff at all. It was really surprising. But anyway, everyone, uh, now we have our little segment. Um, well, it's probably going to be the whole thing. But. I mean, yeah. I was just going to go through our top players of the past week in both college oh, yeah. and pro. Oh, yeah. So, I want to find our baseball beatdown of the week. Yeah, you, know? you, you do that. Baseball um, beatdown of the month, maybe. Actually, no, my I didn't hear about it, but my uh, I just got a text from my dad. And my brother Thanks did go oh. to the game. <laughs> Does he live in New York? No, he, oh. he travels to the Northeast a lot. And so he's just like, why not stop there? And so... Anyway, I guess if I have time. So I guess we're. So my dad is essentially saying that my brother is bad luck for creating basketball, and so maybe he should actually stop no, going. Or maybe he could have good luck if he rooted for Nebraska. Finally, I don't know. I'll put it this way: I think I've told you you this before. Anytime I've gone to a Creighton game, other than when they played Presbyterian, <laughs> the Blue Hose, and and maybe Bradley once. Did, Bradley. did, did they going, win? Congratulations to Bradley on going to the uh, NCAA tournament this year. By yeah, the way. Missouri Valley was because of our huge year, Bradley, our huge Bradley following. following yeah, we have here. Um, so anyway, pro basketball top player of the past week, KAT Carl Anthony Towns, with a game score of thirty-seven point six, with fifteen rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block, one turnover, four for seven from behind the line, and a total of forty points for. Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, and a perfect six for six from the free throws. Now, let me just bring up here the players of the week. Uh, give me the, the in-depth stats. But when it comes to the names, Bubba Parham with 36.6 for his game score. Bubba Parham. Okay. Yeah, I, no I, idea. I, I, don't, I didn't either. And right behind him at 36.5 was Mitch Ballack of Creighton. And... Uh, what I can tell you about Balak is watched a little bit of that game. 11 for 12 for threes, if you didn't see. Wow. So yeah, 11 for 12 from behind the line. One guy, right? Yeah, this is one guy. Oh, my gosh. One for two. And I believe that 11 three-pointers is the uh, record in college basketball. And so, If it's not, it's got to be. Co- I mean, I can't think of too many more guys that are making more than 11. No, yeah, because I know Kyle Corver's record was nine. So, what was Nate Funk's record? I don't think it was actually that high. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, he was he was good though. But uh, anyway, Mitch Ballack with a thirty-six point five, four for five from the free throw line, eleven for twelve from behind the line, two rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block, and thirty-nine points for Mitch Ballack of Creighton. But number one, Bubba Parham last. Last Friday for VMI versus Western Carolina, he went nine for sixteen, three from eight. Or a six for eight from the uh, three point line, mm-hmm. seventeen for eighteen at the free throw line, wow. five rebounds, three assists, no steals, tur- no steals or blocks or turnovers, but forty one points. Don't look down, James five. Harden. Oh yeah, he's coming for the title. You know who else been shooting a lot of free throws? JPJ. You know who's been a lot of, missing a lot of free throws too. Well, yeah, that that's the thing about conference tournaments. Uh, the one thing I don't like, even though I can appreciate a slugfest. In basketball, like a when both teams are just straight up bad, but conference tournament basketball it just barely 
isn't completely bad, but it just barely gets into the uh, realm of mediocrity mm-hmm. in terms of play of basketball. Like it's every game is like, oh, it's a four, final score of fifty-eight to forty-four, and it's just like that's not very fun basketball. Well, I. I th- other than the uh, Iowa-Illinois game last night, the Big Ten tournament, I know it's only been two days, so it's not like they played the mm-hmm. whole thing, but Iowa-Illinois yeah. of the six games that have been played was the first game that was decided by more than eight points. But there also weren't like 42 to 34. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's obviously but I think uh, it's just not in realistic. Terms of, in but. terms of these games have been just slugfest, and I like that, but it still can be difficult to watch when – both teams shoot like 38% combined. I think the nice thing is, though, they kind of let them play. It's not like Oh, a, yeah. Like I said, these games are slugfests. They're and not that's like, what's oh, be... you took an elbow to the jaw? Well, well you get out of the way, I guess. Hey, it's, you it's, know? It's, you know, it's, it's old-time bad boy Pistons basketball. And it's he has conf- equal right to that ground. All conference rivals. It's that, that is the kind of basketball I like to see. And also, I wanted to mention this, too. Um, another honorable mention over the past week was Dylan Windler of Belmont with a game score of 33, 21 rebounds, <laughs> 20 run rebounds and 32 points. And he was right behind Bubba Parham for player of the week as well. So, okay. So I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm torn between two, uh, game or baseball. It can be both. We can have, we can have two. Yeah. I, we haven't done it in a while, but they were on the same day. Um, so, North Carolina State, NC State beat George Mason 18-3, to including a 10 spot in the sixth inning. Um, Yeesh. Yeah, so that was rough for them. Uh, they had, let me count them up here, one, two, three, four. They had five doubles, two home runs, and they were walked a total of 12 oh, no. times. Oh, no. So, oh, no. So, 18 hits. Nope, sorry, 12 hits, 12 walks. 18 runs, and 16 RBI. So not bad. It's a pretty good game. Mississippi State beat Grambling 18-1. to Oh, Uh, man. No 10 spot, but they they went – no, they didn't score in the first three innings, then they went 2-5-5-4-2. And then they didn't have to bat in the ninth. They won 18-1. to So uh, 18 runs, 18 hits, and they were walked – they were walked eight times, and they had one, two, three, four doubles, two triples, and a home run. So there you that, go. That's the kind of offense you like to see. That's the kind of that's the kind of offensive production you like to see is eighteen Gram- runs. Grambling, like, not so of, much. That's what's kind of nice about baseball is you really can't, you know, besides the mercy rule, you can't really just let up on them. Well, that's too the, much. yeah. You can't just like all right. We're just going to bunt every time. Like, well, even though uh, Cumberland did that to Georgia Tech in the nineteen oh nine, and then that's what caused the two hundred eighty eight or two hundred twenty eight or two hundred twenty two to nothing, zero yeah. game was because they were Which playing we, baseball. We've gone over extensively but. where they beat Georgia Tech so badly, and by the sixth inning, they just bunted everything, and they still still scored like four runs that inning. Well, hey, that's what you get for having a semi-professional team. Uh, that's true. That's disguise. Which uh, I wonder, do you think Mississippi State was doing that? No. Oh, I mean, okay. Mississippi State's probably full of a bunch of guys that will end up playing double-A ball. That's true. They'll play for the Mississippi Braves if they haven't already under a The Montgomery name. Biscuits. Oh, absolutely. That's one of my favorites. The Reno Aces. Um, the Tennessee, Tennessee Smokies. The, who's the Flying Squirrels? I don't remember. Richmond. Richmond oh yeah, the Rich, yeah, my favorite is the uh, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's... The Fresno Grizzlies, but their logo is a taco. Hold on, what? Well, okay, they so they had a uniform that came out that was like the they were doing a yeah. special night or whatever, and it was like taco themed. So they have a hat that literally is just like just a taco. Well, we have the Runza uniform. Uh, the Omaha Storm Chasers have the Runza uniform. Yeah, that's that's got to be one of the best. Like, what if our team name was the Renzas? Well, think about, okay, so I like. I like it better than Storm Chasers. Well, I mean, Stormy's kind of, he's an interesting character. We don't need to get too far off on that. Like, okay, let's just, let's go to basketball <laughs> before, before we just sit here and, and ramble about 
I mean, it's only 10.15. We shouldn't... What about the Tacoma Rainiers? Like... Yo, what if, what if our whole show was just... The Albuquerque come, Isotopes. You no, know, yeah, we just like, come in every hour for Friday and just like, we just debate team names back and forth. You but, like this but what one about more? what about from the 1930s, the Omaha Robin Hoods? <laughs> Real team name, by the way. Look, we don't have a four-hour show, so we can't... Yeah, you're right. you're right. I just got really excited. A 13-part documentary about every AAA baseball team that's ever existed. Okay. <laughs> I think I found my uh, coming cap- soon. I think I found my capstone project for next <laughs> semester. Basketball, March Madness is right. coming up at some point, right? Mm-hmm. In a week. Yeah. I guess. Right. Selection <laughs> Sunday on they, Sunday. Unless the NCAA decides to cancel it this year. Give well, if Nebraska, you know, breaks the internet, and then I'm just... gonna. Well, if Nebraska makes the. Doesn't make the tournament. The NCAA. I might break the internet. I'm I'm gonna cancel the NCAA tournament if Nebraska (laughs) isn't let in. (laughs) They're only nine, nine wins away from winning a national title. Think about that. You know that just doesn't seem like that many. No, you can count it on two hands. Oh, you might not be able to count to nine, but yeah, that's my problem. I forget which one that comes after. All right. Anyway. Biggest upsets. Oh, we don't talk about just conference tournaments in general. Yes. Do we want to talk do, about March Madness? And I do Madness? have kind of the list of some of the considered the worst automatic bids in tournament history. Is it the Bradley Braves of 2019? <laughs> um, could you bring up? Actually, I I have it. They're here. like 17 and 15 or something. Yeah, because like that. that's. I don't what I was think. Ab- I mean, they're. That's what I was about middle to say. Of the road. Was I didn't hear anything about them. Being that they're twenty and fourteen, they were fifth in the MVC this year, but they were nine and nine, so they would probably. Well, that's because Loyola, yeah, Loyola Chicago. Wow. Which I'm, I think Chicago was first, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that you know went to the final four last year. Yeah. So Drake and Loyola tied for first. first. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those teams. Um, Still gets in. Yeah, I think there will be at least one at I, large because the t- conference tournament was between Bradley and Northern Iowa, and they were that was like the fifth seed versus the sixth seed, which is the lowest seeded tournament I know from Missouri Valley history. Oh, it is. Or like conference championship, a fifth versus sixth. Okay. So when they're that low, that's going to cause something for like an. A- uh, an at-large bid because it's like clearly they just had an interesting tournament. It well, the tough part is is you look at some of the other. Uh, I don't know, we can get out on tangent about how many teams could get an at-large bid. One of the teams that's like prospected to get one, if not if everything stays chalk, but like think about okay, so I know this is a hypothetical, but Nebraska runs the table, right? Mm-hmm. Well, all the other eight or nine teams that we're pretty much in. I guess Indiana fell out, so it kind of fills that spot. But, mm-hmm. like, that's a team that gets in. Well, like, St. Mary's getting the automatic bid over Gonzaga can bump another team out. I mean, they may have they made it anyways. Think, by but the way, they still think Gonzaga's going to be in a first seed. Probably. I mean, they were the number one team. I don't – I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not someone, very pro-Gonzaga. Someone said this the other day, like – a lot of times in conference tournaments, you're like, oh, let's let's not get guys hurt. Let's just like, let's play. To I mean, we're gonna play, mm-hmm. but like, if we if we're the one seed and we get bounced in the second round, and we're already in and the that's tournament. That's why you see so many second and third seeds win instead of like you yeah. really don't see a lot of first seeds win unless it's like you know a Missouri Valley, a, unless a, it's a West, you know, a WCC, and even in that, WAC, and even in that, whatever. I don't think that that's like probably the most common no, not as seed much. to win in like a Missouri Valley. Though it probably would have changed um, later in its span when it was a lot stronger of a conference, mm-hmm. and so there they were given more at large bids. Probably in the mid two thousands when Creighton was starting to get really good, and then you had Wichita State, Southern Illinois, kind of all trading off between being like a really really good team, like top twenty five. Um. Another one that's interesting too is so Wofford, mm-hmm. right? 
Ralph Wofford's like 28 and four, something like that, 29 and four. Yeah. They're, so they're going to get like a five seed. That's like where they're good projected. For them, yeah. Which is good that's for incredible. Them. But the other thing with it, too, is that the team they beat was UNC Greensboro, the mm-hmm. Spartans. Yeah. Um, well, the Spartans are like 28 and six or something like that. And so they're saying like two teams from the Southern Conference have a really good chance of getting in. Well, then that. Again, that messes with the bubble because then you get a team, you know, you get teams like that or you get a team like Drake that that won the regular season for the Missouri Valley. But – And that just lowers chances. Do they get in because they lost their tournament? Do they just Mm -hmm. get to host their NIT game? Because that's the thing. Since they won, like the conference champions that don't win their tournament but win the regular season – yeah, are so regular, automatic. The, so regular season champions. Is that what yeah, are automatic NIT hosts. Or mm-hmm. so. So yeah, it's kind of yeah, would Drake get in? Who knows? But would they get to host? An and NIT? that's the yes. thing too. Is so like yeah, we had those low seeds in the NBC. Um, I'm make sure it to others the too, but well, the, the twos that made it in to the conference oh, championship yeah, yeah. were both two low seeds, and so usually it should be like, all right, we should give um, the at large bit of chance. Like for example. An example with Creighton was they, in like 2001, they played in the MVC tournament and they were the regular season champion. But they were bounced in the semifinals by the fifth seed who would end up winning the whole tournament. And that was like Indiana State. And so it's like, okay, it's only fair that a team that good who just clearly had a bad game still make it in. And that was one of the first examples of – uh, the Missouri Valley having an at-large bid in that, in that, since they were not a powerhouse like they were in the '60s, but now it's with this year, it's kind of confusing because not only do you have two, and it's like which one do you pick? The two teams that tied for first, mm-hmm. but also their conference records still weren't great. They were 12 and six, which is good, but usually what I would consider an at-large bid from like a small uh, small conference. It's like you have to be like fifteen and three or fourteen and four, sixteen and two, something like that. Twelve and six is like that's good, but is it like good enough? And so that's just and then it's that tough. and then there's and once again you have the SoCon being really good, the Mac's pretty good this year, and it's just like it's that's the tough chance. part when only what I mean nineteen percent of teams get in is that you have all these conference tournaments and you have you, a lot of I mean there's conferences that have three twenty five win teams mm-hmm. that are going to get one team in yeah. but then you look at a conference like the Pac twelve where they just beat each other up every week and mm-hmm. then the only then two teams that are Walton good yeah ramble about whatever. bridges and whatever his tie dye shirt that he's got on that day oh, but. You you get Washington and Arizona State as the only two teams that have twenty plus wins mm-hmm. in the conference, and so then then that opens up so many at larges, but then it also opens up to like the Big Ten getting eight or nine teams in. So it's just it it feels like an endless cycle where like well let's let's just try to grab Power Five schools before you know big schools before we grab a UNC Greensboro or a you know whatever, but who knows. Who knows? The, the but but the we committee. might have one of the biggest conference tournament upsets, you know, in the Big Ten. So. Well, we can only hope for it. Yeah, I just – I can't really find what has started this comeback for Nebraska basketball. They just don't care anymore. I, just, I, I think – Because to I, me – They just, just aren't seemed, thinking about it. It just – to me, it was just like – one of the problems was like so much of this year just seems like they weren't playing, you know, with – a lot of heart. There's a lot of questions about how their motivation was toughness. with the team. Tough, toughness. And now with like eight players in a seven-man rotation, now it's – They really don't have a choice. That's their only thing, which you would think they at really that point – They really don't have a choice, which right? Is, which is kind of inspiring that they – you know, after being questioned about all that stuff, they've, they're have they just not giving up when they're really faced – you know, really have their back up against the wall. So anyway, speaking of you know, conference – tournament upsets wanted to discuss some of the worst teams in uh, NCAA tournament history and so we're going to first off wanted to mention uh, Liberty in 2013 
had a record of 15 and 20 and ended up being in the NCAA tournament after probably is a 16 seed, right? Oh, these are all, all these teams are going to be 16 seeds. <laughs> and so, yeah. So anyway, well, what happens a lot too, and I'm not going to cut you off here, but I'm going to yeah. cut you off here. Right, um, what happens a lot with those 16 seeds is that, you know, they get beat up in their non-conference. So then they're not like bad in their conference, but it's like, well, yeah, but you play in the, you know, yeah, that's the thing is like, there's some East coast, Northern Southwest league. So of the basketball. Conference USA. <laughs> yeah, they basically have every corner of the world. World? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sticking to that. Okay. All right. You know what? Fair. That's fair. So. Anyways. Yeah. So you get 15. This is the thing. You get 15 and 20 teams finding their way into the NCAA tournament. And that's what's kind of funny is this makes me so glad that at-large bids exist. Because, and I'll tell you more as we get farther along, um, back in the time where conference tournaments were the only thing to determine who would go in and the problems that could cause. Uh, this one I remember, and this was Oakland and Michigan in 2005, made their NCAA tournament debut um, with a record of 12-18. and 18. And I remember watching their conference uh, championship game, and I had my dad just looking over at me like, this is one of the worst teams to ever be in the NCAA tournament. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, they look pretty good. <laughs> well, never they won their tournament. Really How could they be bad? And so, and then they actually were, they were a playing game team, which was not really a big surprise to anyone. But what was a surprise, they first, uh, they won their playing game, which was against uh, Alabama A&M, the champion of the SWAC conference. This is still Liberty, right? This is, this is Oakland. Oh, okay. And... Then they played North Carolina and lost 96 to 68. Hey, speaking of Liberty really quick, I don't yeah. know if you had any more about them. Liberty earns first NCAA tourney bid since 2013, tops Lipscomb. How how many wins do you think they have this year? Uh, hmm. 19, 18? 28 and 6. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're projected as a 13 seed. Oh, wow. That's are they 13th? Yeah. As a 28 and 6? You got to remember if you play I know like it's a small the conference. Atlantic Sun. I, that's, or, I know, and I, and I get that, but it's a small part. conference. I feel when you're that good, you're like an 11th or 10th. When you get 28 wins, like the, you automatically should be at least like a 10. The problem is, is, I'm just looking, I mean, this is obviously the bracketology, so none of this is final or anything. It's all <laughs> speculation. But you've got teams like. Minnesota, who if they get in, they haven't done enough to be an 8 or a 9, so they've kind of got to be around that 10 or 11. You've got teams like Oklahoma that are kind of barely on the fringe. Um, I thought like Murray State, the thing is Murray State didn't win there. If I remember correctly, they did not win their tournament. Um, they mm-hmm. lost by two points maybe yeah. in their uh, – oh, no, they beat Belmont. So I think they did win the whole thing. Um yeah, yeah, but anyways, but like a team like Belmont who lost to Murray State will probably still get in because, I mean, Murray State was pretty good this year, but even Murray State is twelve and they have twenty six wins or twenty seven wins, whatever Which, it is. Yeah, and it's, it's still kind of a bit of a surprise to me, but Gardner Webb also Ooh, one of my favorites. Yeah, the, my uh, alma mater actually. <laughs> I remember my di- playing days there. I, I went, you know, I went twelve as first points. ever turning. 12 points, 4 assists. I was there for their first tourney. I was on that team. This year? Oh, it is? Yeah, this is their first tourney. Well, I I got a game to go to then. Gardner-Webb made it before UNO, but, you know. Well, Gardner-Webb's been around for a a decent... Okay. They've been a D1 program a lot longer. Anyway. I'm going to continue back down this list. So, Lehigh in 1985. I'm just going to keep looking at teams from this year and see how bad some of them are. So, 12 and 18, uh, Lehigh with... Uh, when, uh, in 1985, and in the first round, they played Georgetown, which at the time had Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. So Lehigh only lost, only lost by 25, but the halftime score was 39 to 11. So yeah, 28. You know. That that's kind of you know questionable about how much they deserve to be in. Fairfield in 1997 made it with an 11 and 18 record. 
uh, as members of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, one of my favorite small major, or uh, yeah, small conferences. That and that's kind of a trick question. I love I love all the small conferences. Um, anyway, eleven and eighteen, and they played North Carolina in the first round, and actually led by seven points at the end of the half, and only lost by eight points. So. They must have had something really clicking at the end of the year to almost beat someone like North Carolina. Yeah. And then Prairie View A and M in nineteen ninety eight. Are you familiar with Prairie View A and M University? Oh, uh, they are in the tournament this year, so Oh they are? They're going to be. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Prairie View A and M. Oh but well they're pro- I mean they're projected to be a six. Two days ago they won the quarterfinal, so I don't know how long it's been. They, uh, maybe oh, okay. So I think the title game is or semi, I don't know. They're they're projected to win their conference because they're okay. first in the SWAC. So okay. Well, anyway, in Prairie View A&M's football program is known for losing every game from 1989 and 1998, and when their first game since the 80s in 1999. Well, I'm telling you, I I think I said this about. Um, oh, who did I say this about? I don't remember what team it was, but oh, it was a uh, UTEP. Because yeah. UTEP lost basically two full seasons in a row, and then they mm-hmm. they won. Yeah, right. They beat Rice, and the team they beat before Rice, before they went on their losing streak, yeah. was Rice. So like they had like a twenty two game losing streak bookended by wins <laughs> over Rice. But I was like, look, it goes one of two ways: you either break the streak, or you keep losing. And think about the t shirts. I mean, if you're Prairie View A and M, if you've already lost like four years in a row, like why would you want to win? You should want to keep the, you know, like, it's kind of it's kind of tradition at that point. Yeah. It's like you kind of everyone like if you're a student, you're like, man, you're like, if we win like, a game this year, I'm going to be livid. Like, <laughs> I sure hope we don't. I sure hope we go zero and ten. Imagine that. Imagine the campus the day they win a game. Just how crazy that was. That would have been fun. That would have been an interesting time. They probably burned down the campus. I would have been climbing okay. trees. Yeah, all, all that fun stuff. <laughs> would you Would you have blown out a knee doing that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Probably both of them. I mean, it would have been like three, so yeah. All right. Fair yeah. enough. So anyway, but their basketball team <laughs> is a little bit better, I be- guess. Better than football, I hope. I, I hopefully. Uh, <laughs> but in 1998, they were 13 and 16, and they won the, uh, by surprise, won the SWAC tournament and went to uh, play Kansas in the first round of the NCAA tournament and lost by 58 points. Oof, that is a that is a big. That's a tough. Right that's there. a tough loss right there. And the next year, the SWAC champion was twelve and eighteen, and that was Florida A and M University, the Rattlers, uh, one of my favorite marching bands in all of college. And so they opened their season uh, in '99 with a ninety-four to forty-seven loss to Auburn, and then they went. Oh wait, excuse me. Florida A and M is actually in the MEAC, but. They went one and thirteen in the MIAC, and then somehow won the conference tournament. That's the long con. No, that's no, yeah. But what's <laughs> surprising to me is that they had they were twelve and eighteen, and they fin- they started with an zero and ten start, and then it says they went one and thirteen in the MIAC. I'm kind of confused. That they could have played up. some of their conference games early. I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out that math. Well, how how many games do they play total? So it says 12 and 18, but it said they started 0 and 10. I'll look this up. This is I'm sure some of them were conference games. You got to think. What year was this? This was 99, but still that yeah. that just doesn't add up. Um, there may not have so, been that many teams. I and it's not know. only that, but I'm on one of those sketchy websites that like has like college basketball reference. Uh. It just has like those pro ranking stuff. Okay, yep. So it says no. It's, they, yeah, they have the totally wrong conference uh, record. So they were twelve and nineteen, including the NCAA tournament, and they were eight and eleven in the conference, but they gotcha. finished eighth in the MEAC. Anyway. Oh, okay. So they finished eighth, starting off um, on ten, better. winning their first game of the year versus Maryland Eastern Shore by seven points. And they okay. So they started off one and thirteen. As gotcha. well as 0-10. Okay. 
and then they won a couple games. Had a big had a big time win versus Morgan State on February thirteenth, and then and then somehow were able to find their way into the NCAA tournament with a hot run at the end of the season. Where they would play, and this was nineteen ninety nine. They would play Duke, that featured I think five first round draft picks on that team. Which year? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Led by uh, Elton Brand and Corey Maggette. Okay, yeah, that's two. And so, they I'm sure we could Duke, Duke won if by forty. Duke, I'm sure there's three more. So yeah, they won by forty one points. Is what I'm trying to get at. So far, the you know, I'm, I'm I'm noticing a trend here with how they do in the NCAA tournament. They lose. Yeah, yeah well, so get home safe. Um, so far, the worst team that I found that's clinched. Is seventeen and fifteen, so no one is below five hundred this year. Yeah, we know of. Yeah, and you know, someone may pull some strings and decide to. Someone may pull a rabbit out of the hat late in the game. Yeah, well, let's let's hope no one you know slides in. Oh well, we're twelve and twenty, but we won our tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I want to play a fun game with you here. All right, it's called blind resumes. <laughs> okay. All right, Team A. It's from Paul Sabin on ESPN Analytics. Um, that's basically what we do, but, you know, we don't get paid for it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Blind resumes. Team A is 4-3 and three against Quad 1, 26-0 and 0 otherwise. Team B is 2-6 and six against Quad 1, 24-0 and 0 otherwise. Both lost in their conference tournament final. Team A is ranked 8th for strength of record. Team B is 31st for strength of record. So what are their total records for each? Because I remember the quad records, but what's their total? So Team B is 28-6. and six. Let me look up Team A really quick. Because if I just say it out loud, obviously like... Oh, Team A is... Um, okay. Where... Team A is the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to sneak into the tournament. Um, they found a loophole. Hey, they didn't say we couldn't play in it. There's no rule saying a dog can't play <laughs> basketball. And there's no rule saying the Memphis Grizzlies can't be in the NCAA tournament. Oh, wait. Yeah, there is, actually. Where is... Man, okay. Now I'm going to spend all this time trying to find their total record. I want to say it's like 30 and 4, but I am going to... Okay, I found a link here. 30 and 3. Okay, so... So Team, team A is 30 and 3? And Team B is 28 and 6. Team A. Oh, okay, but who is teammate? Oh, I do don't you, know. <laughs> do, you, do you have any guesses? Um, Murray State. We we uh, it's a team that's it's gonna probably limp into a one seed. Oh, Gonzaga. Okay, team B is UNC Greensboro. So, and they're a team that's probably gonna get left out. And their their strength of record is only thirty less, or is only twenty three less than a team that might get the one seed. Not a fan of that one at all, really. Yeah, think about that. Like that's that that's like we're, we were talking about the at large bids. You get a team that finishes second at twenty eight and six, but because they don't they don't win their tournament or they don't beat North Carolina or Duke once. I mean, they played. They only lost at LSU by six. They only lost. They lost at Kentucky by 17. That's not great, but Kentucky's pretty good. They lost to Wofford by a lot, but Wofford's good this year. They lost to Furman by 10. They lost to Wofford by a lot again, and then they lost to Wofford one more time. So three of their six losses are a team that will be in. is in and probably a five seed. That So – I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you leave out Greensboro. They've got to get it. Well, they're they're on like I mean they're buried on the, um, I think they're yeah next four out like they're way down. They're below Indiana, who I don't want to say got boat raced by Ohio State, but, but if Ohio could. State wouldn't have let up, it probably would have been bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, but just think about that. Gonzaga's only like two games better. You know, to flip yeah, two I, games. Yeah, I don't get I don't get that at all. I don't get that. That's the hard part with that. I mean, that's literally what we're talking about. You get teams that clinch. You know, you get like a 15 and 20 team that clinches. And then the team behind them that was, or, you know, the team they 
beat that was 24 and 6 or whatever that thought like, oh, well, we're getting in the tournament probably anyways, and then just gets left out. It's like, well, you didn't do enough. So, I don't know. Also, if you're like Gonzaga, like you're probably going to play better teams over like throughout the season overall than like a UNC Greensboro is. I mean, that's – maybe I'm wrong, but – I mean, you could be. You are a lot. To be fair, so am I. You want to talk about what the biggest upset in college basketball history is? It's not really it's the biggest upset, but UMBC one. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's and if it's not, it's oh no, darn I, it's close. the thing. It's just like, well, if you want to talk about just in college basketball in general, I'm still going to stick with um, when what is the name of this? Shamanad beat. I was Virginia. actually going to bring that one up. Okay, yeah. that's my biggest, but number two for me is uh, the UMBC. The thing is, is it's not like. It would it would be lower if UMBC like walked in, you know, played well, but only beat them by, you know, oh well, UMBC hit a game winning three because they had the last possession. Mm-hmm. It's that they beat them by twenty points. That's nuts to me because Virginia is so good. I mean, just as you know, just in general, they're so good, but they are so good at controlling the tempo. So it should be very easy for them to, you know, if you control the tempo, you control the game. And well, and the so, thing, too, is, like, everyone said last year, now I haven't watched much Virginia basketball this year. It's funny, Virginia also lost to Chaminade. Um, oh. <laughs> maybe they just have a history of being uh, choke artists, but that's not the point here. And, and they're project- It will be someday, but today's not Well, the they're day, projected but... to be a one seed again this year, so. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always. Maybe maybe they don't want to be a one seed. I'm always team Virginia, though. I'm always a big Virginia guy. I love watching those 46 to 38 games so that was the thing last year everyone's like well this team's so boring Mm -hmm. that like if they make the tournament i mean no one had really scored more than like 50 points on them oh yeah but the thing is is they really didn't score more than 50 points either like it was always going to be like 62 to 51 or you know 58 to 49 or something like that and this year Mm -hmm. i mean it looks like they've scored a little more this year but they, they're kind of one of those teams that just wears you down. They're, they're, they play slow basketball. They're kind of like um, Princeton, if you've heard of Princeton's teams in like the 80s and 90s. I think they named an offense after Princeton. Exactly, and that's what it's based on because they were very very slow-paced game, just yeah. pass around the arc until they found the open man on the outside. And so you had games where they would come in. I think the highest they were ranked was like a 13th or an 11th seed. Like they'd be a low seed and they'd get upsets because they'd play like Duke or somebody that was yeah. really athletic, but they would just play such a slow game yeah. that athleticism, it's just, a, it becomes a chess match and they would end up winning games that way. And that's, and when you're in big school with big name players that's fit into that offense, you shouldn't lose. Yeah. You really shouldn't lose. Well, and the thing too is you look at, so you look at like that UNBC which, by the way, I think they play tonight or tomorrow. They have a rematch with Vermont for who wins uh, the America East. Um, they snuck out in a double overtime game, so good for UMBC. Um, but the thing in that game is that you're right. So Virginia tried to control the tempo the whole time. Mm-hmm. But what UMBC did, being the 16th seed, they did the smartest thing they could, which is just play as fast as you can, take whatever shots you want, just like – just go out and play with utter disregard for the game of basketball and just try to win the game. Oh, yeah. Because it, at the end of the day, if you get blown out by 30 points, you got beat by the, a one seed. Mm-hmm. But if you win, which they were the first team to do it, so it's not like, you know, look at all these 16 seeds that have pulled it off. But you're also getting teams that are 15 and 20 that are limping in. And it's like, I don't know how we like, got here, but I'm ready. And what's also kind of funny was watching, looking at UMBC's lineup. Like, they did not look like a basketball team. They were shooters, their, 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 like, yeah, period. Their, That's star, all. their star player, I thought he should be playing like – he he'd be he should be like a forward for some soccer team in like Serie B or something like that, like that just is like flipping in between Serie A and Serie B out in Italy. Like that's what he looked like. It's like he's like five eleven, and his first name's like Marco or something like that. And it's just like basketball player. Uh, sure, I guess thoughts. Like he was he was really fast, but you can you know, with that height, it's just like, I think there's another sport you've got to be more like. Like I said, soccer. Like that's what I look at him, and that's immediately what I think. But UMBC Vermont, ten a.m. tomorrow. 
Ooh, that's going to be interesting. I bet all the bars are going to have that one on. Um, so, yeah, but you get a team like that. I mean, think of some of the um, 15 over twos. I mean, whenever we think like, oh, one over 16, well, like one, it's only happened once, well, but the two over 15 is like mm-hmm. not – it's not like it's happening every year, but it's happened more, obviously, more often. So one thing I wanted to mention before um, they, uh, before we continue, yeah, go ahead. Was so my with this, this is with UMBC. My brother and his girlfriend once they went to a bar to watch some NCAA tournament game, um, and I think like Missouri or somebody was getting just blown out, and that's what whoever was rooting for at this bar, and so. But the UMBC game was on at the same time, so they all just started watching that. Every time they hit a three, like the whole place would just erupt. That's awesome. It was just absolutely nuts. But anyways, fifteen and two seeds. Um, One happened in Omaha. Exactly. I went That's... to the game. I think I went to the Sunday games after Missouri lost to Norfolk State, mm-hmm. and then it was like Florida and Norfolk State, and they just <laughs> just. Obl- or that or I went to the Florida game afterwards, but either way, then Florida just absolutely obliterates him in the second round. But And the reason that one really sticks with me is I think Marquette, who I root for, played the winner of like that. I think they ended up moving on, and then they also just like, you know, got blown out by Florida. But that's not the point, you know. I mean, it is, but. Uh, yeah, but like some of my f- ones I always think of was um, one of my favorites, for example, was uh, – Hampton versus Ohio State, 2001. Because have you seen the ending clip of that? I don't think so. So Hampton wins, 58-57. And Steve Merfeld, who ended up being an assistant coach at Creighton, he was the head coach uh, for Hampton. And what happened was after they scored, he was so excited. One of his players, like, picked him up off the ground, and he's still just, like, pumping all of his fists (laughs) and kicking his legs while he's, like, three feet off the ground. Like, he – I've never seen, like, a coach – that happy in a game and so or after you know just ever really so that's i've never seen a coach be happy if you if that's something you have to watch that video because yeah it's 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 a fun it it makes you feel it gives you that warm feeling on the inside i think the one that really sticks with me and it probably does with you too because it's one of the most recent ones Mm -hmm. but florida gulf coast over georgetown oh that was so fun that was really because that was a team that did they uh, did they win their second round game or they lose that one? Because I think it was like a, it ended up being like a 10 versus 15 in the next round because. Um, yeah, because it was something like that. Too. But I just remember being a 15th seed and going all the way to the Sweet 16 had never been done before. And do you remember that offense at all? They just dunked. I yeah, mean, exactly. like, that's all it was. My, so I had a, a cousin that visited that school when they were looking, and literally all they talked about in their school visit was that team. Like the whole two hours, it's like, oh, here's the basketball arena where we dunk a bunch and we went to the Sweet 16. And it's like, here's the bookstore where we can buy our gear from when we made it to the Sweet 16 because that was really cool. Like just the whole entire visit was about that. So, yeah. So they, it's a big moment for them. They, well, I, I mean, UMBC, it's kind of a big deal. UMBC made a mural after they beat Virginia. (laughs) They started like well, they selling still, T-shirts and stuff. I mean, it's great well, it's marketing. Still, uh, yeah. They're still talking themselves up uh, about that upset, like yeah. on Twitter to this day. And that's not like their bar stool. That's their actual. They sent athletics um, account. They sent who did they send it to? I think it was to Gardner Webb actually, uh, the Gardner Webb baseball team who beat Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and it was like the first time the program had ever, or no, Austin P, whichever one it was, uh, it was the first time they'd ever beaten like the top ranked team or a, a ranked team or something like that. And so UMBC like sent a note and a flag like to the team it was yeah. like, congrats on beating the number one team and whatever. Like they literally have built like a Twitter empire off of beating Virginia one time in the tournament. No, yeah, I mean, it's an incredible and marketing point. And exactly. And that's what's so, what makes the NCAA tournament so great is how it just builds legends like this. And especially when not a whole lot of people really pay that much attention to college basketball during the regular season. It's non-existent during the non-conference, but NCAA tournament time comes around, and it's just a completely different thing. Okay, so I don't know how long – I don't know how long – okay, so in 2002, Florida Gulf Coast became a Division II team. In 2007, 2008, it was a full transition to Division I. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, they became a full Division One member on 2011, so or in 2011. So they haven't been around in Division One very long. But I remember visiting that school, and it was this, uh, D2. They so they beat Georgetown 78 to 68, and then they beat San Diego State 81 to 71. Um, and it was the highest margin and the second highest margin of victory for one of the 15 beating a second seed. And it was the seventh time that happened. Two days later, they beat San Diego State, become the first 15 seed ever to the Sweet 16. Dunk City or Florida Dunk Coast? Well, one of the <laughs> Florida Dunk Coast. So, so <laughs> in their very short time in FD, Division One, FDC, uh, FDCU. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Dunk exactly. Coast. Yeah. University. Uh, in their short time in Division One, they've won the regular season 2014, 17, 18. The conference tournament 13, 16, 17. They obviously then three appearances because they won the conference tournament three times. And then round of 32, 13, Sweet 16, 13. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Because honestly, that one team has just built them into like a small conference like power, which is so crazy. Yeah, they play in the And like, once again, that's just the time, impact. Yeah. That's the NCAA tournament impact. That's a trademark. They build, for, they build a, legends. By the way, that's a registered trademark of us now. <laughs> and so, that's the NCAA tournament impact. And then we have a jingle right afterward. All right. Play us out. Nebraska's an uh, eight-point underdog to Wisconsin, by the way. Okay. So, there you go. There's, uh, you there, bet there's for, your number for the day. Bet, uh, bet for Nebraska. <laughs> uh, give me 100 on plus eight. There we go. <laughs> if you would have bet on Nebraska, I don't know what they they were favored, I think, against Rutgers. You'd have quite but, a few dollars. You know, just bet on them pocket. and then bet the next one and then just roll the winnings over, you know. Um, also, today, tonight, today, whatever you want to say, yeah, sometime. Duke plays North Carolina in the uh, ACC tournament. So. And that is going to be a good game to watch. Z- Zion's first appearance and blowing his shoe out. Well, I mean, he played last worst, night, but you know what I mean. That was the biggest tragedy in NCAA basketball history. Oh, I know. What if he wouldn't have come back? Wow. They would have. What if he would have that's, wanted to save his career? I mean, you know, I was I wasn't in favor of that. How but, good do you, you think know. he's going to be when he's a senior? <laughs> like fifty-five? I don't know. <laughs> uh, he probably won't be in the league when he's fifty-five. I'll put it that. I'm way. talking about yeah. when he's a senior in college. No, yeah. he's going to be really good. Well, you know. Maybe he'll stick let's, around. Let's, ho- let's hope he sticks around for all three years. Yeah, but he might he might give it one more year and kind of feel it out. Maybe I think he's really trying to settle down and get his degree. You know, he's, oh, I'm sure. If you go to Duke, you to play basketball, you unless you're not playing, you're probably not staying to get your. I degree. mean, everyone goes to Duke for the academics. If you, if you're on the basketball team, I think if you're on anything but the basketball team. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's right. Anyways, well, Jake, we have about ten minutes. About less. eight minutes. So eight if you want to ramble about baseball, let's, you got eight minutes right, to let's do time so. To ramble about baseball, um, wanted to mention a little something to you. I'm gonna find the exact year here. Oh, we by were the way, we discussing this a while ago. This is just a very random baseball stat that I really just need to get off my chest. Oh, baseball, really quick. Nebraska yeah. um, won the series over Baylor, and I think they're finally gonna play a home game. By the way. Which is like the latest they've ever played a home game since like the 70s. So there you go. So I'm not going to give you an exact stat because why would I do that? Roughly the 70s. Roughly the 70s. Give Um, or take. It might have been last year. That's when my dad graduated. He was class of roughly the (laughs) 70s. And now we like to congratulate the class of roughly the psych, whatever. He looks at calendar and just says roughly. It's May of roughly this. I don't think I've changed my calendar in six years. So, so anyway, I just really need to get this. All off right, my chest. is it how much money Bobby Bonilla still owes? Uh, Fifteen million for like the next twenty-five years. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper will st- will not be a Philly, and the Mets will still be paying Bobby Bonilla. So there you go. <laughs> that's my. That's the all-time. We might as well just cancel the show because that's a saber metric for you right there. That is my favorite saber metric. <laughs> big two big stats, guys. Talking about <laughs> one story. One story. So, the nineteen seventy nine Houston Astros. How many home runs did they hit that season? Eight. Um, I mean that's a whole team. Hold on, let me let me reevaluate. Was I was I too low? I'm gonna say I'm yeah, you're too, a little too low. a little too low. Yeah, just a little bit. Is it, it double digits, but not triple digits? It's double you, digits, yeah. It's only double digits? Yeah. 
53. Uh, 49. Okay. I want to say 48, but I still would have been wrong. But See, they had 49 in there. Uh, leader in home runs that year. Eight. Nine. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking we could have been – this was back when they were uh, – Oh, you texted me. When this, Astros yeah. is in the um, – National in the League. National League. But if they're in the American League, do you think we could have possibly been a DH for that team? I think right now, like you take me right now mm-hmm. with – Bad knees, bad shoulders, and all. Mm-hmm. I, but I, but I'm still a caliber of a professional baseball player. I'm putting at least twelve out of the park. Okay. Like I, I mean, that might be low. And this is in the '70s too, so like they so don't I'd, really strike you out. So I'd have like a big mustache. You have a big mustache. You'd have um, like my a, bangs a plas- would probably be the plas- over my hair. A plastic batting, a plastic batting helmet. Yeah, like if well. I take one in the head, doesn't I'm probably cover, going to the hospital. Does, doesn't cover uh, either ear. <laughs> It's, 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 it's ready for a bleeder. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that was what was great about twelve this. six curves were more dangerous back in the seventies. Yeah, not only, but I think it's kind of funny is in my answer is yes. My easy answer is yes. Okay, so I the easy so. answer is yes. The seventies, like I looked at their attendance, the attendance numbers at one point, averaged like seventeen thousand across MLB a game, which is not good. That's not <laughs> like, great, but you think about like the seventies. It's not. I mean, it's not bad. Well, remember either. back then, though, about like half the teams had like sixty thousand seat stadiums. That's true. And they were only fill, able to fill it like a third of the way up. It's like I mean, some how, of them still have like thirty and forty. And it's like, please just cut it down. No, like Marlins like, should be playing like they should be playing at Warner Haymarket, Park. Yeah, Haymarket, play, yeah, probably. Haymarket. Yeah, like that but would, the, but and the softball probably, field. And they'd probably still have a little trouble selling out some of the games. <laughs> hey, um, that, that Marlins man would still show up. So. And so yeah, and you get like seventeen. It's like how did that happen? And then you look at some of like the hitting and pitching numbers, and it's like that wasn't very exciting baseball. I had a like, one to three strikeout to walk ratio. So, and then my favorite is um, you look at the uh, numbers for like DHs. So their main thing is like hit just hitting. Yeah, and they're still like, wow, he really tore up major leagues, batting two seventy with twenty eight home runs. And it's like, and then he finishes. We'll finish like fifth in the MVP, and it's like what. How? What uh? What year did Pete Rose? Well, what year did he get kicked out of the league? I guess. But eighty-five. What year did he stop playing? I, I think, think eighty-five, eighty-six. Okay. And then he was a manager till eighty-nine. Yeah, 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 I'm just trying to think because, like, even even if you look at yeah, eighty-six, like Pete Rose, mm-hmm. in in those areas, like he had a lot of hits. Yes, but it wasn't like you know. He's not driving in 65 home runs. So no, that's cuz 150 his total, RBI his, or anything like he's that. He's hit a total of 160 home runs. Yeah. In his career. But he had what? In his 162 game. Here let's here's his okay. average stat line yeah, is about three only minutes, so. yeah, he's only got 7 home runs in an average season. But he bats 303. He just but everything's the same. How single. many total hits? Uh 4 something? 4 4200. 42. So but is yeah, he's just a he was really good at just hitting singles and just laying them out. It's a single machine. He is. He really was. Um, actually, no, doubles machine as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, any, anything before third base. 746. Um, and he had five seasons he led the league in doubles. One of them he had 51. So Yeah, he was probably, he was probably not a 40-40 guy. He's probably not even a 30-30 guy. So. No, his most home runs in season is 16, it says. He was a 16-16 kind of guy. He, <laughs> Did he steal any bases? Was he at least good uh, at that? He had 198 steals. So he'd av- he was a 7-9 guy is what he'd average. <laughs> That's what it says on here. It's a 16-7-9 kind of guy. Average 194 hits and 34 of them being doubles. So, yeah, well, so there you go. I mean, that's uh, that was the era of baseball that – you know, you go you can, from you, nowadays. You really can't get away with being a straight up contact hitter if you don't have speed. No, oh, that yeah, doesn't really no. work. That doesn't really work. Like Wade Boggs, I just I don't think he could translate to today's game. For yeah, dad, I mean, if you think about it, yeah. like for my dad, it'd be like a Mark Grace as well. Like I just don't know how well they'd be able to translate in today's game. Even yeah, Tony Gwynn. Because think about think about the guys that like have a like. Are on the top of the list of like hits, and I know some of them are like Derek Jeter, Hero, yeah. those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those guys were like shortstops or specifically speed guys that like they got singles, right? Mm-hmm. They st- they started the lineup 
and they got singles. I'm not saying Derek Jeter was, you know, he's your leadoff guy because not necessarily. Yeah, but I think the definitive guy I'm talking about really is like a Rod Carew, who 19 years and he had uh, he averaged 300 or 200 hits a season, so 3,000 over his career, but he also had 350 steals. So it's speed that really gets in there. Yeah, like you said, I, I mean, I don't think we won't see a pure contact hitter, someone that's just going to go out. Without speed. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get someone that has, you know, bats 310 mm-hmm. but only has eight home runs unless they're just absolutely blazing down the line. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Jake, 18 seconds. Shout out to Rooley, shout out to, Pot, shout out to Mustache Man, shout out to Rooley, shout out to Sideshow. Um, all right. Shout out to my dad. Shout out to all mommies keeping high and tight. Did I miss anyone? No, I think you got them all. For Jake Larson, I'm Colton Stone. It's been Chasing History. Thanks for listening. Uh, Spring break next week, so we probably won't be here. But following that, we will be back. Thank you very much.